everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Fit Podcast, where I, Shawnee Fit, take you on my journey of finding my fit as a millennial making. Are you a millennial trying to find your fit and achieve those massive goals? Tune in every week as I discuss the shit I think about, the steps I have taken, and hear advice from some of the best. Let's get this journey started. part two as well um and for all of those of you who have shared your stories like I so so appreciate it I think everyone has their own story when it comes to being pregnant and it's very different for every single person and um I'm glad I get to share my story and I'm happy I'm hearing yours and maybe you know you'll share yours publicly in the future so yeah anyways going into Pregnancy part two. So I guess um, this would be coined, I guess, my birth story. So it's very obvious, guys, from the last podcast. (laughs) If you haven't listened, please go and have a listen. Shawnee Fit did not like being pregnant. Um, So here came the end of the road. Now, just to kind of recap, my mom ended up making it to Canada. So I had her um, for the birth of my child. However... As you know, my husband um, got stuck in the States slash kind of decided to stay in the States and not risk um, exposing me because we did not know how Canadian hospitals would react if they knew that I was in contact with someone who had traveled in the last 14 days. So that being said, um, here comes the birth story. So I was due on the 23rd, I think. Yeah, I was due on the 23rd of May, and um, I went into the to the doctor on the Tuesday, and um, he checked me and was like, ah, oh, Shawnee, there is no movement. Zero, nada, your child is not ready to come out. Um, you're fully closed. And he was like, so I'll see you next week, Tuesday. Now, that would mean that I would pass my due date um, and come almost four days after my due date to the doctor and he felt that you know it wouldn't happen until the following week and let's be real I'll repeat it Shawnee did not like being pregnant and I for those of you who have been pregnant you know the end when you've blown up like a balloon and you're so swollen and you've retained so much water and you just feel like a beached whale well yeah that was me um so I looked at the doctor as he was walking out the room and I was like doctor so-and-so um is there any way this child can come out before next week Tuesday because that would be a couple days past my due date so he said well do you want me to check if there's an appointment and by appointment he meant a appointment at the hospital to be induced so I was like yes please go check and he came back and he said Sunday they have an appointment at four o'clock. So I was like, okay. I was like, great, I'll take it. And of course I paused and I was like, is this okay? Is this process fine? And basically he was saying, based on like how much he'd been monitoring me and whatever, he felt that at the end of the day, there would be some level of induction anyways. So um, to go ahead because there was no risk involved and it was fine. So I was like, great, no problem. So left, went home, Sunday comes, 
Now, I don't know how many people, I don't, I guess I didn't research it, but you know, when someone says you're going to get induced, I don't know, you assume you're going to get a drip and the drip is going to cause contractions and then ta-da, you're induced. Guys, that's not how it went. So I go into this thing thinking, okay, um, I'm going to just go into the hospital and get a drip. So lo and behold, Sunday comes, I arrive at the hospital. First of all, it's COVID, right? And it's the heights of COVID in Canada. So you literally feel like you're going to, I don't know, like a bomb site or it is so crazy. People are in PPE everywhere. I think that's what it's called. Um, it is so like strict. There are people like outside the hospital that are screening you before you go in. Um, and then like, of course, you're not allowed anybody in the hospital if it's not for labor and delivery. So um, you have to like declare that you're labor and delivery and then they allow one other person in, which is how um, my mom ended up coming with me, right? But anyway, so you get through all of that, which is quite something. And I went upstairs. Anyways, long story short, they put you on the bed, whatever, whatever. Again, I thought I was just going to get a drip. Um, and the nurse comes in and she's like, okay, can you put on this gown, whatever, whatever. Um, and I need you to put up, put your legs up on the stirrups because we're going to check um, to see whether you've dilated. No problem. Do it. They're like, no dilation. All right, let's go ahead. Um, we're going to start the procedure. So I said procedure. And they're like, oh, your doctor hasn't walked you through this? I'm like, no. They're like, okay, we're going to... Um, put a balloon in your cervix and then we're going to fill it with um, like a gel and basically what's going to happen is when you get to four centimeters this balloon which is kind of tied to this rubber thing that is then taped to your leg um, the balloon will just drop out guys I was like what anyways I was just like this child needs to come out of me so go right ahead so they do the procedure and they literally take their finger and take a little like water balloon looking thing and they put it in your cervix, like push it into your cervix. It's so painful. And then it's attached to this tube that's then taped to your leg. And then they look at you and say, okay, you can go home. I was like, with this taped to my leg? I thought that the thing was just to like, the thing taped to my leg was just to like assist in the process. I didn't expect it to be like, permanently on my leg for whenever this thing drops out so anyways I in the most uncomfortable way like get dressed and leave and hair goes at home so once you get home I don't know like I got Braxton Hicks contractions from it um and thought I was going into labor and it was so weird and started timing things and everything and then I call the hospital and the hospital is like um no it's just the, I think they call it a doily, um, or whatever, yeah, whatever it is. Um, it's just the, the balloon thing causing the, like, fake contractions, quote-unquote. So I was just like, okay. They're like, just pop a Tylenol and try sleep. This time the pain is, like, licking you, right? Um, and anyway, so I looked at my mother and I was like, okay, well, the lady says pop a Tylenol and go to sleep. So... I decided to um, follow instructions. So I popped the Tylenol and I went to sleep. And 
of course, like, you don't really, f- I didn't really fully sleep, because remember, I have this rubber thing taped to my leg, and it, it was just uncomfortable, but anyways, and at about maybe five o'clock in the morning, I get up, um, and I go to the bathroom, and I'm just like, I, this thing feels kind of loose, and they had told me on the, they had told me on the phone to kind of tug at it, if I, if I felt like it was, like, loose, so I tugged at it, and there came the balloon, um, and that meant I was at four centimeters and tada came TMI but the mucus plug right which I never knew much about I didn't even know what it looked like um but it was pretty gross and moving right along so I went back into bed um there's no pain right after that like nothing started and then maybe about I don't know an hour later um I definitely I sneezed actually And I was like, nope, my water definitely just broke. Now, normally what happens is when you get the doily or whatever put in um, and it drops out, you then go to the hospital and then they, um, they at that point break your water, right? But mine actually broke on its own. So I call the hospital and I'm like, oh, my water just broke, blah, blah, blah. They're like, all right, no problem. Now, your water breaking, like, you see it on TV as like this, this like, I don't know, this very, this big gush, no, it was like a, it was clearly my water breaking, it was a lot of water, but um, definitely not like what you see on TV, and then I, at that point, the hospital was just like, well, you know, eat some breakfast, take a bath, and then you can come in, I'm like, all right, no problem, Um, so I did, I did just that, Um, and first of all, I don't know if this happened to other people, but my thought was that, you know, your water breaks one time and ta-da, you're done. Well, that's not the case, or that wasn't the case for me. Um, And according to my nurse, it's actually pretty common that that's not the case because there's just so much liquid, right? So I go into, so I go downstairs to eat breakfast and I I, I sit down on on a stool like in the kitchen and I start eating and all of a sudden, I feel another gush. Like, it's just like a release that you can't, like, you can't control it. My All my leggings were soaked, um, and the floor got soaked, and I was just like, okay, this is really my water breaking. Anyways, went upstairs, showered again, put on new clothes, blah, blah, blah. Get to the hospital at this point. I'm now, it's now like eight, and I've started to have contractions. Um, so I'm like walking up and down nothing compared to what is about to lick you um it was nothing right um so anyways get checked in whatever um go lie down on the bed blah 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 um get hooked up to all the monitors and now I so I don't know where I read this or who told me but I I somehow created this story in my head that if I got an epidural, it was going to slow down the process of this child popping out. And I was adamant that this child was coming out by two o'clock is what I had in my head. And it was 8 a.m. And I was like, I, this child just needs to come out. And if I get an epidural, it's going to slow down the process. And this child's not going to come out by 2 p.m. Anyways, I then, um, started going through the motions of labor um and as they commonly say like there's no way to explain contraction pain like I just feel like you have to go through it um that explanation that it's like really bad cramps I just don't think that's a very good 
um, explanation of it, uh, but I don't have a better one. So, yeah. But they're painful as if. Um, and I don't know, for me, mine, like, of course, depending on the woman, your contractions may be more intense in different areas. Mine was like my lower back um, and it shot down into my legs. So the only thing that really gave me relief was like the nurse and my mom actually like rubbing the back of my leg um, through the contraction, which was kind of strange, but that's the only thing that really helped me. Um, I didn't really have any, I guess, lower stomach kind of contractions really, or at least that's not where the concentration of my pain was. Anyways, um, I continued to push through, continued to push through, um, and I was moving pretty fast when it comes to dilation. Um, and by the time they had checked me and I was at um, about six centimeters and at that point I was literally like all that was going through my head was the only thing worse than this is death so you know just breathe through it like you can do this like just think of the worst case scenario and know that you're not there right like I was just trying to somehow get through the pain right and I looked at my nurse and this, at this point, my contractions are getting closer and closer together. So the period in which you can actually get words out is like super small. So I look at my nurse and I'm just like in trying in between a contraction to say, if I ask for an epidural now, how long is it going to take for the epidural to actually be in me and work? And she proceeded to tell me one hour. And I was like, what? I was like, I don't know if I can do this for another hour. And I had asked, at this point, I had asked every doctor, every nurse that had come in the room whether the epidural is going to slow down the birthing process, all of which said, no, it's not going to slow down the birthing process. And actually, at the hospital I was at, 95% or more do not do natural births. They actually get epidurals. So the doctors that are putting in the epidural are super, super experienced. So I said, all right, no problem. So I look at her and I was like, one hour? And she was like, yes, one hour. I was like, request the epidural now. So she like pages the doctor or whatever. Now it came to putting in the epidural. Um, a lot of people talk about the epidural hurting, but I honestly, I guess because I was so late into my contractions that when the epidural was being put in me, I had so many contractions back to back that um, the pain of the actual needle or whatever was happening um, I didn't feel any of that. I honestly, at first, he like stuck me with something and he started to push and he was like, do you feel something? And I said, yes, I feel pain shooting down my right leg. And he was like, oh, okay. And he, I guess he froze more or something before he continued. I don't know, guys. All I know is that the man tell me not to move and that I must just breathe through the contractions. And that's all I was trying to do, breathe through the contractions because the whole time he's trying to put his epidural in me, I'm having contractions and the pain is unreal, right? Um, so anyways, I get the epidural. Guys, best decision I ever made in life. If you plan to have children, I am so sorry, but now I am on the epidural bandwagon and I do not know why people decide to suffer through it. Um, and God forbid if I do this again, um, I will be asking for the epidural from four centimeters because it was just crazy. Um, it was a crazy difference. So the rest of it, pretty, um, I guess, normal, nothing crazy. Um, I then got to, I then got to, 
um, I then dilated pretty quickly. And um, of course, my like resident who was, I guess, the lead person on my delivery, got called into emergency C-section. So then they had me kind of just sitting there, at which point the nurse looked at me and was like, can I check you? And I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And she checked me and she's like, oh, crap, you're at 12 centimeters. So literally, like, the baby's head was right there. Um, And she paged the doctor and the doctor was like, go ahead. So the nurse actually started the process with me. And within, like, I guess, within, like, what was it, three or four rounds of pushing, um, he came out, so it was pretty quick, like, the actual pushing, thank God, and thank God for an epidural, so that was, um, that side of it, um, then came, okay, he came out, um, there were some complications in the fact that he had a lot of fluid on his lungs, and they say that if you have, um, a quick birth, that, it doesn't give the baby enough time or the body enough time to break up the mucus um, as they're being pushed out or something like that. Um, so he had quite a bit of mucus on his lungs, at which point they like they put him on me um, and backtrack. I, I had made it clear in my birth plan, which guys, I didn't know anything about a birth plan. But mine was very simple and straightforward. I had made clear in my birth plan that I wanted him like kind of wiped off before he was put on me. Because I wasn't too sure whether I could take all the nastiness. But anyways, so they kind of wiped him off, whatever, and then they put him on me. And um, at which point they then quickly removed him because he, even though he was crying, he wasn't, it wasn't loud enough and he wasn't getting enough oxygen. Um... And then they moved him over to, like, in Canada, the kind of NICU, I guess, is it NICU? Whatever it's called, the little thing that would be in a NICU is, like, in the room. Um, And then it kind of got scary because then they paged, like, the pediatrician on call. And she came, like, running into the room. And they were, like, sticking little, uh, like, the smallest little tube down his throat to try and suck out some of the mucus. Um, and they kept like shaking him and like hitting his back and eventually um, they kind of got everything under control at which point um, I had a third degree tear (laughs) so TMI I guess but um, they were like trying to deal with that so of course you're looking you're sitting there that's happening and then you're looking at your child and all these people around him and they I guess they try to kind of block with their bodies because I guess they don't want the mother to freak out while she's like still on the table and they're like pushing out the placenta and whatever so anyways um that was scary and that was that um ended up in Canada you have to stay overnight in the hospital um and then there was the fact that our blood types didn't match which increases the chance of jaundice which in Canada apparently is a little bit more serious than here. Um, I don't know why. And um, so then came day. So I spent the night in the hospital. Um, The night I was supposed to check out, they proceeded to tell me that I couldn't check out unless I had a pediatrician because the child had to go to a pediatrician the next day. Well, um, that, I've never, it was quarter to four. I literally went on Google and pulled up, typed in pediatrician in the area that I was um, staying and called the number and a Jamaican lady answered the phone and I was just like 
thank you, Jesus. And I was like, hi, what's up, what's up? I was like, you're, you sound Jamaican. And she was just like, yes, I am. Are you, darling? And I was like, yes. I was like, I'm in a predicament because I need to leave the hospital, but they won't let me leave without a pediatrician. Um, please tell me that one of your pediatricians has um, space. Anyways, um, she was like, she was like, I'm going to sort you out. So she, she like did something where like one had space, but then because I needed an appointment the next day, because he had to be checked the next day, um, she kind of like worked something out. She's like, all right, you're all set. And she gave me all the information and then I was able to give that to the hospital and I was able to leave at about six or seven that night. It felt like forever. But anyways, um, and moving on, um, went home. And, of course, you're in someone else's house. I remember my husband wasn't there. It was just a lot of emotions around it. But I was just so happy to have the child out of me. Um, And there came, you know, part three, which is, you know, now how do you take care of this this child? Um, And, you know, breastfeeding and everything that comes with it and the judgment. So I guess because this is 21 minutes long... Um, there'll be a part three about, you know, that whole journey. So after birth and what to do or what I did and what I kind of regret. So, yeah. So that's my birth story. Um, I hope it was, I, I don't know if it was eventful, but um, that's kind of what I went through through the actual birth. Of course, I left out some gruesome, um, I guess, information. But <laughs> um, overall, that's kind of what had happened. So, I hope you enjoyed it and feel free to, you know, share your um, take on it. And um, I got quite a lot of flack from people about choosing to be induced. Um, lots of people kind of judged me for that or people that found out. But it was a decision I made and, you know, I made it with my doctor's approval. It's not like I made it on a whim. Um, and my doctor was completely okay with it. And um, so that's why I chose that process. But a lot of people, you know, believe that I, I don't know, could have hurt my child. I could have, you know, caused more damage. Um, I could have gone, there's a greater risk of C-section, which in fact isn't true according to my doctor. Um, So yeah, so that was my choice. Um, So yeah, so that's it. And I hope you enjoyed it. So part three is coming thanks so much for listening please subscribe share and review have questions or want to suggest a topic for me in the future shoot me a message on instagram at shawnee